Amen. You may be seated. It was pointed out to me, I think Bob is being a big man today on this day of peace in the Packers game. He might have even changed, but he has bears on his sweater. <laughs> All right. I hope, yes, Stacy's what, go pack. What? See, here you are extending the olive branch and Stacy's trying to stir it us up and he's not even here. Okay. All right, we are talking about peace. Our scripture this morning comes out of Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. Listen for the word of the Lord. <clears throat> a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. And the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with, a rod of it, with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness, the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and, 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 the, and a little child will lead them. A cow will feed with a bear. The young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will Play near cobras, uh, the cobra's den, and the young child will put his, its hand into the viper's mouth. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him and his resting place will be glorious. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. It was hard for me. I wanted to put in there. And Bears and Packers fans will tailgate together. All right. All right, so when we look at this, we first look at this scripture, and we, we've talked about Isaiah and the climate of Isaiah and that idea of, of the prophets giving first judgment to the people because they need to be reminded of why they're in the situation they're in as far as exile. Um, but then there's always hope that we talked about last week. And so this, in a, in a wor world of violence and war, uh, we get this idea of peace, and we see on, on how it's going to come into the world, into our lives. And he talks about the root of Jesse. In chapter 10, he talks about destroying the Assyrians and even Israel. He uses the metaphor of clearing the forest. And so if you read chapter 10, the, the root idea makes even more sense in the sense the forest is clear and is dead, but from a small root... It will blossom the, the Messiah. 
and he will bring peace. And he'll bring peace because the spirit of the Lord will be upon him. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. Um, Jesus, in Mark, he says, or in Mark 1, 9, when Jesus was baptized, he says, at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And so this is the Spirit that Isaiah 11 um, talks about. And then in Luke chapter 4, <clears throat> Jesus gets up in the synagogue. He stands up to read. Uh, he is handed uh, the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery to the side of the blind. And so he is basically telling them, which starts to get, starts the ball rolling as far as him getting in trouble and being accused of blasphemy, that he's the one that the spirit was talking about in Isaiah that the Spirit is on me and I have come to release the captives. And so this peace is going to begin with the Holy Spirit. Well, it's going to begin with Jesus, but Jesus receives the Holy Spirit. And eventually, as we've talked about, Jesus is going to give his followers, all those that have his, him in their heart, uh, that he has cleansed and justified before God, He's going to give us his spirit. We talked about this uh, Wednesday in our Bible study, that it is the spirit of the Lord. It, the Acts of the Apostles, should, oftentimes it, that's what Acts in the Bible is referring to. It says Acts of the Apostles. But it's really, uh, our little video pointed out, it should be the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because it is the Holy Spirit that is poured into them. And it is, in the, is the Spirit that is received from Christ. It is the very Spirit of Christ. Now lives in his followers. <laughs> and so this peace begins with the Holy Spirit. It begins with the sacrifice of Jesus. But it, it, for us, it is attained through the Spirit. And then it goes on to talk about uh, this root of Jesse, his righteousness and his faithfulness. And remember, uh, these are the two things I often tell you when we talk about being justified before God, that God no longer sees our unrighteousness and our unfaithfulness, which over and over the prophets, especially Isaiah, points out to them that you have been an unrighteous people. You have been an unfaithful people. And so that's the problem. That's what has separated them from God. And so Jesus comes, we, we hear the prophet saying, the one that is coming is going to judge with righteousness. And understand that part of righteousness is judgment. We talk about God being a just God. Well, a just God would not let evil and sin go unpunished. And so he's going to answer for that. And he is going to be the one because we've already proven those in the study as we went through the Old Testament that one of the things we're supposed to learn from the Old Testament is that we can't be righteous enough. We can't be faithful enough. We can't be obedient to the covenant. We, covenants. We can't be, follow the law completely, not even partially in many cases. 
And so we are separated from God. Romans 3, 10, 12 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. All to, together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. And so that's our dilemma. And so it says that this root of Jesse is going to be righteous, is going to be faithful, and he is going to judge with righteousness. And as I said, we can't have righteousness unless there's judgment because a just God would not let evil and sin go unpunished, go unanswered for. But here's the problem. He says all of this here, but we are unrighteous. We are unfaithful. And so one of the things that the disciples are going to have to understand, and it takes them a little while, is that God, Jesus did not come to conquer in the world sense. He came, and the kingdom and his conquering is different. Luke talks about this. John talks about this, that it is an upside-down version of the world. He, he, didn't, he conquered evil and sin by succumbing to evil and sin. He found victory for us through surrender. And so it's very different. It's not by power or might or force, but it is through dying to ourselves. It is giving Christ and being one with Christ and having him cover us so that when we receive Christ, God no longer sees my unrighteousness, my unfaithfulness, but he sees Christ's righteousness. He sees the one Isaiah proclaims is coming, he sees his righteousness, he sees his faithfulness, and we are covered. And it is that that should bring us peace, which is what it goes into. It talks about an uncommon peace, an unnatural peace of enemies and prey um, and, and those that prey on them, right? We, we read about that. And we talk about, we joke, and in fact, this is going to be, we're going to talk a little more about peace, but this, this contrast is so great that it, it gives us an idea of a peace we don't even understand, <clears throat> that the natural order is, is upset. And so, as we talk about the Bears and the Packers, I thought this would be a good representation, a good Bob, I don't know if it was subconscious, but he wore a bear sweater. So in light of that, I'm going to share a sign of peace on this day of bears and packers. This is unnatural. It doesn't even feel right. See, we don't know that kind of peace. My buddy was for me when we went up to the Bears game. So this is an uncommon piece, right? Doesn't even look right, does it? See that, Stacy? Oh, say Stacy. Okay. So this talks about peace on a grand scale, but right now, 
We know we live in a world that does not have peace. Anything but peace. I mean, we talk about how, it always cracks me up when we talk about how civilized we are compared to Bible days. We're not any more civilized. We're still having wars. We're still uh, fighting over things. We might, our technology has improved, but we're not any more civilized if you watch the news. And so we live in a time between this first and second coming where there is not peace in this world. And Jesus doesn't tell us there's going to be peace in this world. He says there will be, but that's on the second coming. And that's part of Advent. Part of Advent is that we look to the second coming of Christ when all will be fulfilled. Right now, we can still have peace, though. It is the first part of God's redemption plan. And that comes from having Jesus Christ in our hearts. Right now, we're on the individual. We're we're trying to, Jesus uh, is trying to build his church. That was the idea of the church. We receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, and then we find peace and hope and joy and love, and then we come together as a body, and then the world looks in and says, look at all that hope and that peace and that joy and that love. Which is kind of humorous now, right? But the, the, the problem is the world looks in most churches and they don't see that. But that's the key about peace in a body, key, peace in a relationship. You're not going to have any peace in a body of people or in your relationships if you don't have peace here first. See, that's the problem. That's why peace so often is so elusive because we, try, we look to the outside world. We look to others. We look to things. We look to materials. We look to the outside world to, if I can just get this much money, if I could just find this person, if I could just find, 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 if I could just get there, I would have peace. And then we get there and we're like, oh, this is awesome. And then bam, right? Everything that caused unrest and peace in our hearts and in our lives went right up there with us. And so it's not a lasting peace. A lasting peace does not come from the things of this world. It can't. It can only come through Jesus Christ. See, worldly attempts at peace are outward. We try to find stuff on the outside and bring it in so that we have peace. True peace comes from inside, comes from the spirit that's in us. The problem is, but then you would say, well, then why do we look at so many churches that are in turmoil? And they don't look different than the world. How, many, how come so many Christian churches are divisive? How, how come so many Christians have just as much marriage problems and addiction problems and everything else as the world? Well, first, churches are full of sinners that struggle. But partly is that we have made our religion an outside thing. 
And so we try to find peace and hope and joy in all these things we talk about during Advent um, on the outside, by going to church, by doing these things. And we need to do these things, but we go there to light the fire that's in here. The reason a lot of us, and I'm, I'll be the first to admit, there's a lot of things in the fruits of the Spirit that I'm pretty good at. Faithfulness is a pretty good one for me. There's a, there's a lot of, there's some I struggle with. Peace is one of those. I'm, I'm all about faithful, all about getting there. I'll, I'll do it, Lord, I'll do it. I'll go where you send me, I'll do it. But you know, I do it with a lot of angst and anxiety and whining and gnashing of teeth. So I do it not with a lot of peace, a lot of stress and anxiety. People might not see it, but I'm faithful and I'll go where the Lord sends me. I'll do what the Lord tells me. But man, inside, my wife knows it. But it is, we can't find that from the outside. And we will not find peace in our marriage, in our relationships, in our families until we begin to find it in here. But so often we're so full, filled up with desires of the world, with self, with the world, with things of the world. We're so filled up with our emotions and feelings, um, stress and angst. We're so filled up with ourselves, there's no room for the Spirit. That's why emptying ourselves is not just a one-time thing. We gotta be intentional about it daily or we'll fall right back in to the turmoil and the lack of peace that we have. And some of us don't even recognize that our hearts and our spirits are in turmoil. It's just become a way of life for us. We think that's how it is. That's how it's supposed to be. That's just the way of the world. It's not what God wants for you. It's not what Jesus wants for you. He said, I have come that they might have peace. A peace that is beyond the understanding of this world because it doesn't come from this world. And yet we keep trying to seek it from this world. It's like, Trying to seek peace from the things of this world is like drinking salt water. Eventually, it'll destroy you. We can only find peace from the living water. That's why it passes understanding. The world doesn't understand it. It says you, you must die to yourself. You must pick up your cross and follow Jesus. You must lose your life to find your life. Well, that's ridiculous. Because only with the Spirit do we understand the things of God. See, I, I know I'm a pastor. I've read. I'm preaching about it. I know how to, where the peace is and how to get there. But I forget to be intentional about the things that bring me there. Or I get caught up in the day, or I get caught up in the world. Luckily, when it just gets too crazy, or I just reach a breaking point, and the world just come at me, or either the world's come at me, or it's my own fault, I just, I know where to go and I can reel it in. I'm just learning on how to do that with having a, out, without having a crisis first. 
Oftentimes, that's what pushes us to, to find it. But it comes from within. It is not, and understand this about this, thing, this peace that passes all understanding. It is not about removing the negative stuff from your life. That's good, right? When we have Lent, that's the idea of Lent. Um, you know, I, you give up stuff. Well, most of us use it now as a diet, but that's not what it's supposed to be. But it's those things in the world that you rely on for your joy, for your peace, for your hope. And and, and you remove it and say, I have too much invested in that. It takes up too much of my time. It takes too much of my attention. Or it's become an idol. And we we try to remove that. And so that's good. That's part of it. But you're never going to find peace just removing the negative of the world. I had a friend... Um, he's really good. He played football together in high school, and he was a really good football player. Got some scholarships, and then he got involved. Was in the '80s, so he got involved in some partying and some drugs, and and he everybody did, I think, in those days. But his his didn't stop, and so he kept going. And you know, it's kind of a sad story. Lost his scholarship and this and that, um, but. And, and I saw him a couple years after I moved to Texas. And that was about the time people were getting married, mid-20s in my group and trying to straighten their lives out, finding a good woman that will straighten them out. Um, and um, I, saw, I went back for a wedding. And I was in that part, and I'd come to the Lord, and I was kind of changing my life and all this. Anyway, I saw him and they said, oh, he's not drinking or drugs and he's off everything. But I noticed a difference between he and I. Not that I was any much better or perfect. I mean, I have my own issues. But he had removed a lot of negative stuff in his life. But I was watching him during there and you could tell he was a nervous wreck being there. He was chain smoking and he, was, and he wasn't, didn't used to be a smoker. And, and you could just tell there was not, he removed all the negative stuff, but he didn't fill it with anything. And you could see there was a lack of peace. And Luke, it says, if you, if you clean your house and uh, clean your spirit, they use it a, a metaphor for your spirit, and you just clean it out and it's all empty and you get rid of whatever demon you had and you just, Clean it up, seven more will come back. You know why? Because it's empty. It's room. Something's going to fill that void. Something's going to fill that void. But it's either going to be the world and the things that are eventually going to destroy you, and you'll never find peace, or if you fill it with Jesus each and every, and it's not a one-time thing. This is what I have to remind myself of. I have a business mode and I have a church mode. And sometimes when I get into business mode, I just forget to get back and, and they need to be all one. We, we have to fill ourselves daily because it's not enough just removing negative stuff from your life. You have to fill that void daily with the things of God. With Jesus. When I do that in my life, what an amazing concept. I, have, I feel more of the fruits of the Spirit. I have peace. I have better patience. Another one I'm not good with. 
And I think there's more I'm not good with than the ones I am. But I, when I'm intentional about filling that space, I have more peace. So it's not just about removing the negative. It's filling that space with God. The one that is righteous, the one that is faithful. So if you find peace elusive, you need to start looking in here because that's where the spirit of God, that's where the spirit of peace, joy, hope, and love resides if you have received Jesus. You'll never find peace in this world apart from Christ. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your grace and for your mercy. I thank you for your patience as we seek to find fulfillment and find peace through all these other avenues and we chase it and we chase it and still we do not receive peace. Help us to know and be intentional about filling that void, that heart, our hearts each and every day with you, your word, your people, your spirit, your, our, through prayer that we might be filled with all the promises that you give us. It's not, we, we wrestle and we, have, you know, we keep looking for all these things, and yet we don't do what you tell us. And we say, why don't I have peace? And we continue to do the things that we've always done and act the way we've always act, and we avoid you. So, Lord, help us to empty ourselves of ourselves that we might be full of you and of your peace. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.